Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Welcome, Heroes of the Realm, to episode 27 of Sparks and Recreation. I am your host, Tim, Agency 13 McKenzie. And I'm going to say, unfortunately, my co-host that has never not been on an episode, Matt Jigmalingpa-Rooks, is not here tonight. So... <laughs> but I do have good news that there are two other hosts with me. There is Chris Double Dubs Wahlberg. Hey, 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 everybody. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, uh, no jig tonight, but it's all good. We got a super fun show in store. We got uh, Sam back in the house. What's up, everybody? Yes, and <laughs> the other co-host, Sam Scrapforce Parsons. I'm glad you said his name because I almost forgot what his last name was. <laughs> what? <laughs> I him. feel. And then you said I Sam, and, I, and then you said Sam, and I'm like, I knew it was Sam, but like I had to hear the first <laughs> name to remember his last name. I'm horrible with names, man. So <laughs> I am too. <laughs> I. I have the, the problem, like, I'll know your name until I see your face. And yeah. as soon as I see your face, I'm like, who was that guy? Shit, I forget. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's all right. Bad. <laughs> oh, Jig. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, we'll see. Jig is still editing this, by the way, dear no. listeners. We, so. we will see how, uh, how many F-bombs uh, Sam drops. And if he doesn't edit himself enough, uh, this may get an explicit rating because i promised myself so much i promised myself that i wouldn't what what's the timestamp right now i don't write it down (laughs) 422 okay um (laughs) yeah i i will remember people i remember their faces of people that i had like a college class with 20 years ago but i yeah totally I, i don't remember the names of people that like i've met 30 times and and if you ask me like if you ask me what's that guy's name, I'll tell you when they're not there. I don't. But as soon you that. don't know, <laughs> yeah. As no. soon as they show up, I'm like, uh, who are you? And, I'm it, sorry. and it gets to the point that it's it's so embarrassing. Like I can't like ask them their name again because they'll be yeah, offended. It's too many times. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh. I would sometimes. Uh, I would um, like remember the first letter and I would just make up some cute and be like, yo, T dog, what's up? <laughs> right? Say something like try to act stupid. Like, uh-huh. but wow. really I'm just stupid. I can't actually I, remember that. I will name. say <laughs> I do a really good job when uh, like there's a, a screen name. So like the, the IGN for hero realms, like when I meet people in real life, uh-huh. like I, I remember names yeah. much better when there's something like that. But when it's just like, Hey, this is Phil that I met. Yeah. I, I won't remember Phil at all. Yep. Sorry, Phil. You are forgotten. <laughs> the forgotten well, anyway, Phil. Anyway, uh, since we're rambling about not remembering names, uh, 
I do want to give a quick shout out to all our patrons and donors. Um, I'm not going to list everybody this week, um, but I do want to say thank you very much for your support. Um, What you guys do helps us uh, keep, uh, keep the lights on and keep the show running. So thank you very much. We have not forgot your names, my friends. Thank you for all your support. Speaking of things that uh, the patrons are supporting, uh, any quick hero helper update, Sam, that you want to release to the people? Well, if you've been following the Hero Helper channel on Discord, where you can feel free to go and ask questions if you have questions about anything. Um, We did just do an update. I was on vacation. And of course, while I was on vacation, I was working on it beforehand. But while I was gone on vacation uh, for a really long time, I was on vacation for like three weeks, which was crazy. Um, They pushed the new update, which had a brand new data architecture and which broke hero helper as far as it goes for tracking games so yes i got back on the 8th uh and that weekend following i got it like 95 percent of the way done and then yesterday that would be march 16th my friends because we're going to push this out after we record this i got it going so from march 16th we started to record games again And it is one of those situations where, like, when we first launched Hero Helper, we were saving games that we didn't have the stats. We were just pushing them to a Google Sheet and whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? It's that kind of a situation where, like, we're saving the games. I have all the data there, but we're not going to show co-op games right now. Like, your co-op game count is still frozen. Um, And then the Barbarian and Alchemist games are in there, and they're actually showing up, which I was happy about. Like, I I didn't change anything with our the queries that are feeding the website, but mm-hmm. those games are showing up, which is awesome, but you can't see the count of those heroes in your hero counter. Like there's, there's like right. a hero count. You can't see that and stuff. Yeah. And, and I, it like, there could be some stuff missing cause I haven't changed yeah. any of those uh, queries that show that yeah. data yet. So there's still some caveats with it, but, but the most important things is that we're capturing the data. Right. Yeah. And so luckily that work that I had done before with the beta, um, did was relevant and helped speed things up a lot. And then I just had to have enough time to sit down and really do it. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, and, and like you said, capturing the games may not have all of the bells and whistles with everything, but uh, it's all there and you'll get it so that it's showing everything yeah. nicely soon. And uh, one shout out uh, to Frank. He helped me debug something that was giving me all sorts of hell to get it done a little bit faster, which is awesome. Thank you, Frank. And then one other caveat to call out too, is that for all the games, like for about 40,000 games, I'd say maybe 20,000 games, we actually have build data. We've logged build data with those games, Um, but we don't have that data anymore. They took it out of the, they took it out of the data that goes through the app. So no longer can we tell what your build is. We can only tell what your class and your level are. And we like won't ever, right? Like that's not really on the t- like timetable anymore. Yeah. I don't know. It's not the 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 data isn't there anymore. Period. So like right. we're never gonna have it. It, it may never come back, and so we may, yeah, we may sense. never get stuff parsed with that or not. But yeah, you know, I think the important thing is you you can see your game history and you can. Uh, Yep. Get get the overall numbers and that's the most important part. Yep. So. And we'll get the class the class comparisons and yep. the next thing yeah. we're going to work on is to get it um 
set up to this new version of uh, the web technology that drives the, the website. And then we'll have sortable tables and stuff. So yep. there'll be a lot more options as far as like what you can see. And lots the data of good stuff coming when, when, uh, when there's time to get it done. Right. Yep. Super excited. I'm pumped. Uh, all righty. Uh, Chris, you want to give us a quick overview of the episode, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, we will be featuring a what would you do segment. After that, our main focus will be taking a look at the barbarian as well as the alchemist. Then we'll take it over to the build lab where we'll continue our focus on these classes, but focus on the choices that you will face as you level one of these heroes and break down each of the different level by level decisions. Last but not least, we will have a community roundup. So, without further ado, let's get into it. What would you say you do here? Dink, deedle, deedle, dink, dink, deedle, deedle, dink. All right, my friends, it is time for your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Tim's especially favorite segment. What would you do? This one is brought to you by Meowgen. Uh, <laughs> recent upgrade from her name. Not up- upgrade, not to diss your name, Megan, but Megan Marie. Uh, thank you so much. I prefer Meowgen. Meowgen. Per- personally. I, I feel like there should be a pretty sick guitar riff after you say Meowgen. <laughs> yes i agree i feel like you know know the way i said it it kind of reminds me of snarf too so maybe okay uh, maybe there's something there i don't know we can (laughs) there's fertile grounds with meowgen we could riff on that for a while i think um so just as a reminder to all of our dear listeners um we like if you want to submit a what would you do go on to our discord channel there is a discord uh topic channel that is called WWYD that you can go into. You can submit your screenshots, make sure it's the market row, the current state of the game, your deck, your enemy's deck, your discard, your enemy's discard. Send that over and ask the community, what would you do? Um, and or submit it to one of us fine hosts. So and we'll put it together and we'll post it to that channel. Yeah. And then we can have discussion about it and uh, you could possibly get on the podcast. So so if you want it to be featured on an episode of the podcast, you need to send it to one of us. Hmm. And then we will, we, before we do that episode, we'll post it in the channel. If you just want to know what people would want to do, that's when you go to the Discord and post that stuff. And it may never show up in the podcast, but you can still get all the feedback that you want to hear, right? Yes, that is a good point. Yep. Absolutely. And that that happens a lot. It's a great channel to be a part of, which is fantastic. Um, Great. So with that said. um, Paint the scene. Let's paint the scene. And I will go ahead and do that. So let's start off with the the market row. Um, On the market row is an elven curse and a Broline. Two wonderful green cards. Deception. And Intimidation, two wonderful blue cards. And then there's a little cult priest off on the side. Uh, Playing the game, you've got two level six characters. You are a thief in this. What would you do? And you are playing against a wizard. 
The wizard is a pure wizard. They've got the two draw. One heal. Um, skill that they have. Uh, fireball at this point. There's no um, just yep. a regular fireball because they're level six. And then for your skill, you've got the timely heist, which is an important distinction because the timely heist lets you buy something from the row and then pick up another card of that same faction. Let me just read again exactly yes. how it goes. If, if it, uh, you buy a card in another of the same faction, uh, you get for free. And if it's three or less, it goes to hand. Goes to hand. So like the baby smooth heist, baby, yep. basically. So you have five gold. You can afford Deception, Broline, Elven Curse, Intimidation, and the Cult Priest, of course. But now, my friends, it is time to decide what would you do? Tim, do you want to start us off with your sage thoughts and advice? Uh, so my sage thoughts and advice, I feel like, uh, I don't know, Gandalf or something here. Um, <laughs> what would you do, my friend? Please yeah. tell us. I'm not Noster Double Damas, so uh, <laughs> can't be that sage. Um, I think really with Timely Heist, there's there's two options. You're going blue or you're going green. So if I go blue, I can get Deception and then get Intimidation to hand. If I'm going green, I go Brolin and then get Elven Curse to hand. Um, and I think either option there is a great option. Honestly, yeah, and, agreed. and and I would not fault anybody for making either of those choices. They're both really good. Now, this is turn two. Your opponent has a profit and an elven gift that they picked up. Uh, so they have stuff to go with either of those colors that you don't get. So that's a that's kind of a downside there. But uh, you have enough to you could get deception, intimidation to hand. I think for me, I think I would go Brolin and Elven Curse with this. And why I would do that is, well, there's two things. The card I'm getting to hand on on my first turn would be Elven Gift, which one, it does one more damage uh, than Intimidation would if I went blue. And it forces a discard. So I'm not going to be able to use my skill if I do this because I only have five gold. I won't be able to spend two on it. So it would still get a discard to the wizard, which isn't as horrible to, you know, wizards don't like to discard, but still, um, I think that, that going green gives you a little more, uh, let you put pressure on sooner, I guess. And to yep. more damage, more discard sooner. And then, Especially if you can line up like Brolin and Elven Curse later on, that's letting you stack a bunch of discards. Which, uh, if you're making a wizard discard two or three cards a turn, you know, at least like half of your turns, like that's that's pretty big. So I think that's what I would do. Although the deception and intimidation is really tempting, and I don't want that wizard to get the draw. Mm -hmm. They already have they already have one blue card too. In yes. their hands. Yes. Which is they scary. also already have one green card, though. Yes. They do. They have that. They do. <laughs> yeah, and that's why either way, like, what you do, they can still make a really good play here. And, like, they could have enough to get Deception. It's not guaranteed. Right. Um, yeah, I crunched the numbers on it. It's a 7% chance that they can get Deception on their turn. 7%? Even if you make them discard. There's 7% to get Deception. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Pretty low. But, Pretty but, low. 
but by getting Elven Curse, like the chances of them being able to get Deception is lower. Uh, no, that's factoring in the Elven yes, Curse. But but it's still possible, yes. Right. And so if you don't go Elven right. Curse, if you get Deception and Intimidation, they're definitely going to be able to pick up at least Elven Curse, if not if they wanted to go Berlin. I don't know why they would go with Berlin, but... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. They'd be getting You're buying, you got to buy the Curse at that point. Yeah, and so that's kind of why I think I would go Berlin. Elven Curse makes it less likely. Although in my draw deck i've only got four next turn so i'm not getting deception anyway for sure but mm-hmm. by doing that they're going to be shuffling and that deception is going to miss that shuffle if they don't have that seven percent chance of getting it so uh at least it's going to be delayed delayed a deck likely to be delayed a deck anyway right. so one thing that's interesting about that sequence is that like if you did go deception and intimidation they're going to have to get the curse. And we know we have four coming up. So we locked Brolin for sure. Yeah. Now three cards are going to flip onto the road. Right. So obviously that will influence our choice. But interesting to note that like if you do go the blue route in this decision, you probably will end up taking Brolin too, which, you know, is fine. It's not that great on this road right. to be honest, since you don't have another green or anything. Yeah. But um, just something to have in the back of the I- mind there. I know if I wasn't getting Elven Curse with it, like I probably wouldn't be buying Berlin here, uh, yeah. especially yeah. when my opponent has Elven Gift. Or like I don't have any other green, like you said, to pair with it. So, yeah. yep. So I think that's how what I would do. Though I definitely could not fault somebody for going Deception and Intimidation. I think that's I, a viable path as well. I gotta. I, I want to bounce an idea, like a thought from uh-huh. you guys too. Like to me. I'm 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 with you. I I think going Elven Cur- Brolin and Elven Curse is the way to go, based on what you see in the game right now. It could totally happen though. In this, this is one of those risky situations, right? Because the Deception is the card that can pull you from the depths, right? Mm-hmm. So it could totally happen that Firebomb flips or some really awesome card flips, and the Wizard's able to pull multiple cards to hand. It's not as likely in this scenario, to be honest, because it's not a robes wizard. So you ha- you have a little bit more protection yeah, against that. Six, although, so. yeah, level six. So although, I mean, they have like the elven gift and then they'll have a deception to two draws there plus their original draw. But even then, there's a, you know, you could get lucky and they don't pair that deception up. Right. And they, so, they've already bought economy. So they, they have profit and elven gift, too. So yeah. they're going to be ahead of you on econ. And this is one of those things like the one of the fun parts of the game is that RNG is involved. And so in this case, what I feel like I would have to do is go Elven Curse and Brolin and and say that's the best chance that I have to like right now to win this game. I can do that and go aggro and and hopefully win. And, you know, and and maybe you can even pick up Intimidation next if they get Deception or they grab Intimidation and you see what happens. Right. So go from there. They may not get both the intimidation and the deception uh long story short they probably have a good chance of it but they may not so we'll see yeah i mean i think that uh who knows who's gonna get that deception right like they're pretty low odds to get it themselves but mm-hmm. we're a hundred percent to not get it so then it comes down to the next two hands who's gonna get it and they have all that econ so i think they have a good shot at the deception if we go green here but um yeah 
overall, definitely agree with a lot of the points you guys are making. A couple of things that I would add is that, yes, I'm also feeling team green here. And that's because stacking up those discards as Thief is just so valuable to me. But one thing that's also worth shouting out here is that um, if you go green, you are saving one econ as compared to the Mm -hmm. deception route. We're flipping two cards off the market here, which means two chances for a good one coster to land. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd be pretty happy to see uh, sparks or death touches here, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, that being said, uh, that's another point in favor of going green here and, um, you know, helping support my decision of why I would go Brolin and Elven Curse on this board. Nice. Um, with that said, do you guys want to add anything else before we go to the community thoughts? Nope. Great. With that said, let's go to the community thoughts. So it looks like the number one vote getter was uh, Brolin to go Brolin a very much assuming that is um, mixed with the timely heist yeah. uh, option. Actually, that's the number one vote good. I, did, I like couldn't see it for some reason. So the timely heist with Brolene mm-hmm. is what the community says. There was a very healthy discussion. Um, I would say Noodle Tupé was was leading the the heist in green uh, charge from the very beginning. Um, I think that. There is a really good counterpoint, although in the end, Arcanel did change sides and go green, but he made a really good counterpoint for blue, which I'll go ahead and just like recap really, really quickly. But he's just saying with the Wiz cycling more, Mm -hmm. um, especially having the oven gift already. And for like being able to have deception, being able to have the profit, uh, possibly getting things into hand that could overwhelm the the thief so getting that into your hand and stopping them from getting that is good and if a wizard were to have elven curse it's not as dangerous as a thief having elven curse because it's just one discard you can't make it two you can't do anything else to make that worse right um so that was like the the essence of what he had said and then a really good kind of counterpoint um was made by the cat where he was saying yes it's this doesn't necessarily ensure they can't by deception but uh if you if you did get the elven curse to hand and make them discard, but it does uh, increase the odds that they couldn't um, because it does reduce the chance of them getting it. It's worth it. Uh, And also a really good point he made is that if you start now with elven curse and you go aggro against the wizard who only has a Mm -hmm. one heal, then you have a really good chance of putting yourself in a position to win the game um, just by doing that alone. So um, even and and he also made the point that you guys made, which was even if he does get the deception, uh, it's probably going to be in the next shuffle. So it is hopefully delayed enough that it won't have too much of an impact on the game um, or have too much opportunity to to get that pairing. And and to kind of go with that uh, deception as as a wizard, if he's got profit and he's got his channel to kind of get, you know, help with that stuff a little bit. and pair up those blues to actually take full use of deception. You also have to have something in the row that's really helps you. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you can keep getting stuff into your hand, but if you're buying crappy cards and putting them in your hand, it does help you a little bit, but like, then it's going to start clogging your deck unless there's something good that yep. flips in all of this, like deception could totally bomb too. So, yep. 
even it's if one you of those, are pairing it up. Like that's one of the fun things about the game is like it could always turn and you could yeah. lose, but it's the same way. You could always turn and you can win, right? So that's mm-hmm. why this game is fun. They could get something really awesome in on the row that helps them. And then they and then they happen to pair yeah. deception and they get it. Well, yep. okay. Then it's a game again. But do I think doing green is the one that's gonna put you in the lead with the yep. higher percentage chance of winning I think from so. that moment forth. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was a really Alrighty. awesome discussion. Thank you guys so much. Um Tim, do you want to take us to the next segment? Yes, I do. So uh Coming up next is the main focus, the Beta Barbarian and Alchemist. All right, everybody. So we are going to do our main focus on the Barbarian and Alchemist. And I I do want to start this with a a quick little disclaimer that these are beta characters. Things are probably still going to change after we talk about stuff today. And in fact, um, we we started to say, hey, we were going to do this episode like three or four weeks ago. We were looking at it and then like some changes were coming to the alchemist and barbarian and so we put it off and then just a couple days ago or maybe it was just yesterday i think like there were more changes that happened so right. like <laughs> yeah uh, we're gonna talk about some stuff that may change and in fact some of the changes we haven't had a whole lot of chances to play with those changes yet so but we still think it's a good thing to talk about and it will be fun to give some you know initial impressions and i feel like the flavor of these classes are going to be there regardless of all the specifics uh with balance changes and everything so uh but just keep that in mind that some of this stuff may get a little bit dated if you're listening to this pretty far in the future so uh, and and that could be pretty far in the future. It could be like four weeks from now if they overhaul one of these classes. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to start off with the barbarian, which uh, I think we were when we did our interview with Rob. He kind of called it the thinking man's fighter, um, and I don't I don't know how <laughs> apt that is. It's definitely very aggro, like a fighter, but it has a. Uh, has some of the more cycling and everything. It's almost like you're mixing a ranger and a fighter together and you're kind of getting the barbarian differently because the skill is, and I always love looking at it this way, the skill for the barbarian, or at least it started off as the basic skill was you would uh, spend two gold. You get to go to berserk, which draws you two cards well, then you, the card flips over and you have to cool down and spend two gold. And if you are berserk, you lose four health. That's the basic, like, level three, what it was. I'm not sure after the change if it was draw two or draw one. I have it pulled up I here, and it's... I think we should take a moment to, like, really lay out for the listener in case uh-huh. they haven't played against the This is at level yet. three. 
that we're yeah, talking so about. Yeah, so level three right now, you have to imagine the skill as having two sides, but it still can only be activated once per turn, regardless yes. of which side it's on. So you can rage, so you pay two gold and expend it. You draw a card and go berserk, and then at that point you flip it over. Your skill is still expended, but you count as being in a rage. So you draw your card, and then now that you're in a rage, some of the cards in your deck will have a different effect. They will continue to have that different effect until you once more pay two gold and calm down and flip back to the rage side. And so you can, every other turn... You can rage and then calm down and then rage and calm down. So you're toggling your status. There's no way to accelerate that to like rage double in a turn or anything. So um, I think that's all worth mentioning. And then if you end your turn while you are in rage, you take four damage, which let me tell you at the low levels that adds up fast. (laughs) And, And the barbarian does have the highest starting health. It's yeah. higher than yep. a fighter. I think it's 62, right, to start? Is that right? I, yep. It's just a couple health more than a fighter, but I it mean, helps. yeah, it does. Um, so, but, do but you want to talk about the rest of the kit real quick, or did you want to get a point in there? Quick yeah, I, w- I was going to, I was just going to say like the general overview of what it does is you are raging and cooling down and doing that throughout the game. And then you have cards that you, do damage basically for the most part there, there's some other stuff in the kit but like you're you're wanting to aggro out the damage and you're cycling through whether you're enraged or not that's the barbarian when it comes down to it more specifically you have a couple of hand axes that do like two damage and when you're enraged you do two more damage right yep and then one of those can be upgraded you have a card that will uh I think it does one damage and and discards a card. Your opponent discards a card. Your plunder, and this is one that I I this is a card I really liked. It was changed because originally it gave you gold, and now this card, when you're calmed down, you're not berserk. You can acquire a card of cost two or less, but when you are berserk, it's a card of three or less. And I, I really like that change to it because one of the things early on with the Barbarian was that it was drawing all kinds of cards, doing all this stuff, and then it could use that plunder to cool down, do this or that, or to get some of the big bombs. And this really kind of reined in their economy a bit because it's just acquiring a card that doesn't actually add to your economy, and it doesn't help you fire off your to-go berserk or to cool down, which is a nice... I loved that change, and I think that really helped. I still think the Barbarian needs some work, but I think for the most part, that was a big change to kind of help rein them in, Yeah, in my mind. They turned two dials at once, which was yeah. kind of unfortunate in my opinion because they, they turned the Plunder back, which was a solid nerf, but then they also made it so that the Rage only drew one now. Except and it, for one of the upgrades. When you versions. upgrade it, yeah. yeah. Yep. And so, like, it really feels hamstrung at the lower levels. I, um, you know, haven't leveled mine all the way up again, but that's been my experience in the lower levels. It's still strong. It's still uh, good. It's not super busted. Um, 
but yeah, it definitely has that effect. One thing I want to talk about as like a play pattern of mm-hmm. the barbarian that exists is that the headbutt, which Tim mentioned, it deals one damage. But if you're a berserk, target opponent discards a card. So you have built-in discard there, but then your ability, the mm-hmm. base level three ability is roar. Stun target champion or opponent discards one. If you're berserk, do both. So you can essentially hold off until you berserk and have headbutt, and then you can sack your ability, and you can have your opponent discard two cards in deck one, which is pretty crazy to... Um, and and like at higher levels, you can have two abilities and actually make them discard three, which exactly is rough. It doesn't. That's it insane. Doesn't, yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like barbarian should be able uh, to do that. I don't know. I I think all that discard is hopefully something that changes with the. I don't see how it makes sense with the kit as much. Like, I don't know. I'm fine with the barbarian being super aggro, drawing cards and doing all that stuff that it does. But the fact that it's I don't mind the discard from headbutt. I think on the abilities, being able to stack those and being able yeah. to like make your opponent yeah. discard three either on their first turn or their second turn is so too brutal. Much. Like it's just too much. That's so really hard. Take... It'll put you behind for the game. I yeah. mean, it's probably similar yeah, it, to a really it, solid smooth it, heist it, where like you could come back, but absolutely, it's the same thing. It it it's 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 tough to come back from. If you're not able to heal, though, like I, I've definitely yeah. I've definitely I've leveled up a couple of barbarians. I've been playing some and uh, I, I will make my opponent discard three. I, I save my abilities till I have that headbutt. I make them discard three on either their first or second turn. And it does a bunch of damage, too. And all this and some people just rage quit when that happens. But I've had a number of people still come back and beat me after that. So, like, it's sure. not something that's unbeatable, but it's definitely hard if you're squished playing a class that's more squishy, like the alchemist or wizard that can just, like, die super quick. Like, huh. yeah, it, well, it, it's tough to come back for those classes. A good point to that when you compare it to a smooth heist is that the, the thief, while it has the three... Um, starting knives is not that strong as far as like damage do- goes, but like the barbarian is, so you, you can aggro someone down pretty good. Mm-hmm. So if you get a really good start, make them discard three, they can't buy anything uh, until like their second deck. Then yeah, th- that could get you off to the races and and put it away. If you get if you get a few good damage cards in there, yeah, absolutely, I can see it. Yeah, and, and the one thing go ahead. I'll add in there is that. Like the early turns of the game are the most important because they like establish your momentum and your tempo and like carrying into deck two and stuff like that. So being that strong early is just absolutely brutal. But um, yeah, and like we saw with the the what would you do? Like getting some certain cards can help you come back from when you're behind. But usually in this game, if the odds are in your favor in the beginning, then you're you usually you can pull out the win. Not always, but. And that's why it's again, that's why it's fun, because it's not always, but it helps <laughs> as as somebody. I played a ton of Barbarian when it was released in the beta. And then, like, I got kind of bored with it. And I've been playing it a little more after the balance changes to see how stuff mm. is. And it still seems like it it needs a little bit of a nerf with some stuff. But I don't I don't think it needs a ton Um they did change it so that because it used to be draw two when you went berserk, and now 
even at max level with stuff upgraded, uh, there's kind of two sides of the tree. There's one that will decrease your cost and one that will decrease the health cost from being berserk. Well, the side that decreased the health cost only draws one. The side that decreased the cost of uh, going berserk still now draws two. Mm-hmm. So it's a default um, option. <laughs> yeah. And, and to me, right. like, why would I want to draw one when I could draw two? So I'm I'm going that side of the tree, especially when it only costs me one to to go berserk. So uh, it does yeah. cost two to cool down. So they increase that cost. But um, and that does hurt your economy and you're losing more health. Like there there's decisions to be made there. But I think that's almost cut and dry better at this point. And I don't mm-hmm. like the way that tree's balanced now. I liked how it was before when they had kind of the same effect and you were weighing the choice of do I have, do I make it so it's less economy or or I lose less health? Which mm-hmm. I liked that balance and I don't like the way it's balanced now with that. So It's easy, like it's hard to understate how important drawing two is compared to drawing one, particularly when it's only costing you one to do. Yeah. Because you're able to accelerate your economy. Yeah. That you could not do that with the two cost draw one version. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the middle one would uh I don't remember exactly how it worked, but you would I think it would it would decrease the cost to go berserk, but then it would lower your health require like that it did. So it wouldn't be you'd lose four, but you'd lose like three health or something like that. So yeah. I don't remember what it is anymore. But like you got it all right. You got yeah. it all right. It's one to go berserk and it's two to calm back down, but you only lose three health. Yeah. So, so so you guys have played a lot with Barbarian and I mean what do you think are the big the big tips so for playing that Barbarian well? You want to be cycling through being berserk and cooling down every turn. Okay. Uh, or, or or nearly every turn. There are situations where you may not want to do it. Like if you don't have the economy, you can't sometimes. And that's one of the things that I have seen that uh, since they've made some of these changes with the cooldown to uh, costing two, sometimes you don't always have to, and then you're losing more health and you're staying berserk and then you're not drawing more. So it kind of slows you down, but you, mm-hmm. you want to be drawing and going berserk. So you're drawing that, that two. Yeah. Every other turn, if you can. Yeah, I'd like to credit Zembu with the phrase "always be berserking." Abb. Yeah, and, and that's that's very much that's very much true. You want you nice. want to be doing that every every turn. You want to go berserk, and then the next turn you want to cool down, and then you want to go berserk, and then you want to cool down. With the changes that they've made, your economy is a little less. So it's real similar with the fighter that it feels like it's a little behind on the economy. The cool thing is with plunder, if there's some good like two or three cost cards, you can still get those. Yeah, but it's a lot harder to get the bombs and everything with the barbarian, which I think is that's why I love that plunder change. So like, one, you're not making it easier to cool down; it's harder to cool down, and then it is harder to get those big bombs, and that's good for the barbarian because when they could do that, it was just way it felt too like good. 
Yeah, yeah you, were, Barbarian, you were drawing into him all the time, too, I bet. Yeah. Barbarian had the best card draw, the best discard, the best health, the best damage, and the best economy for a little while there. Well, well and now they've brought that back a little bit. I, which I will see that discard is only the best, like, you know, deck one. For that turn. After that, yeah, for that it's, turn. It's, it's very, like, once per shuffle that you get a discard. Yep. So, right. yep. Only if you were to get a, a, a discard. Well, that discard card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, are you going health cards? Are you trying to go full out aggro rush? Are you just taking what the market gives you? What's your general approach? So, I think in general, depending on what you're playing, it's going to change a little bit. But for the most part, you're going to want to go aggro. Get those damage cards, burn your opponent down, right? Really similar to a fighter there. Uh But if I'm playing like a lift thief or a cleric, I'm going to need some healing to be able to last a longer game so they can't just heal. And then I I peter out because I don't have the economy to keep up, which is pretty much kind of the advice of like, you know, with a fighter. Although uh, Barbarian can definitely beat the Cleric. It can definitely beat the Lift Thief. Uh, but in my experience, those are the two like original classes that do pretty well against it. Yep, because they're not as squishy. They can heal really easy from the get go. Yeah. They can be healing, especially like at the higher levels where the barbarian can do like twenty some damage turn one and make you discard three. Like that's really hard to come back from, like as a wizard. But yeah. but if I'm a I'm a cleric, I'm just I'll I'll do that. You know, bless a soul and and. Yeah, it doesn't get me up right away, but you give me a couple more turns. And then the Barbarian's starting to peter out a little bit. And their deck's getting bigger, and they're drawing stuff, but you're going to be able to last in that game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe you get a, a dude while going or something like that mm-hmm. to help soak some damage. What do you think, Dubs? Yeah, I agree. I do feel like, uh, you know, unless I am able to get that aggro rush... I do like getting heal cards when I'm playing Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Um, one card that we already said is like a A plus is Rune of Resolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is the, um, what are the exact numbers on that one, guys? Three and three. <laughs> and plus one for each champ. Or... Oh, that's Light the Way. But oh. I'm thinking of even seven. Oh, seven? There's, no, a, no. there's one that's seven, seven, and there's one that's like three, five, four. No, no, no. That, has, that also draws. Is that the one? It's the not one that's seven like... and seven. I think is it's it the- six and six. Yeah. Right. Is it, it six and six? Yeah, I think so. That it's just a step up from uh rally the troops. Right. Ooh. That one uh, is like a mega super duper a plus for barbarian. <laughs> that card is so good for barbarian. That card is good is- for everyone, bro. I love it. Exactly. And that was my point, right? Like it's like good for everyone. <laughs> but for me, that card is that another card. level. Well, that's barbarian. It goes back to some of our ratings that we did back in previous episodes when we were like we were rating cards, but like in a vacuum. Absolutely. Certain cards are better for certain classes. And I think that's one for that reason. Yeah. But yeah. So also for fighters. Also for fighter. Yeah. Those kinds of cards are really good. I love the cards that do damage and gain health for Barbarian. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what I would contribute to the conversation here is that that's like yep. one of my favorite types of Barbarian cards to purchase. And, and yeah, that, even even cards that do one or the other, like like a Devotion or something that heals for, yep. that offsets your going Berserk for the turn. And so like, like that's a real solid card too. 
I like Inquisitor's Touch on uh-huh. Barbarian usually. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that one at the campsite or whatever? It's like Make Camp. camp. Yep, I like Make Camp. That with the three econ is great yep. at fueling your skill and it's healing a little bit. Yep. You are inclined to go Imperial in general, so you have better odds of factioning it. So, yeah, that's what I like to do on the barb. I, I, I would say, like, for the most part, you're either wanting to get some healing or some damage. Economy is secondary. You can totally go into economy, draw in, get the bombs, and build an econ deck as a barbarian. Which is something hmm. that was that's really hard to do with like a fighter. I hate to compare it to the fighter, but like they're yeah. the aggro characters. How can you not? Right? It's the so natural like, comparison. Yeah. So 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 you you definitely have a better ability to build that econ and and to compete even with like a thief or you know a wizard or something in the economy uh, race in a game. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting because. When you make that comparison between the fighter and the in the in the barb, you're both in both cases you're trying to use your skill as often as possible and to spend that to gold. Yeah, like you're always trying to pop the skill. Even if, probably even more so for barbarian, yeah. um, and so it does have that effect on your economy. But and again, limited experience on my end, especially I don't even have a level fourteen barbarian yet. But um, I feel like it doesn't hurt you quite as bad. In, with the barbarian as it does with a thief like you're not playing barbarian games where you're Here, only buying fire gems whereas yeah. with a thief you're kind of doing that you know what well, i mean you you could do that with the barbarian i don't think it's going to be the best way to go but like <laughs> the the other thing is like the barbarian starter cards get better when you're berserk and one thing about that yeah. is your sequencing kind of matters so if you go berserk you play the card, you get the bonuses. If you play the card first and then go berserk, you don't get those bonuses. And the same for when you cool down. So you want to. So basically, you can almost always get those bonuses on your starter cards. If you're going yeah. berserk and then cooling down the next turn, you just have to play those cards in the right order to get the bonus instead of not getting it. Yep. And just to say that for everyone, if you are berserk already. Then you just play the cards that give you the bonus before you cool down, and yes. you get the berserk bonus. So just keep that in mind if you're going to yep. play. And I mean, and, and the and one of the armor upgrades are the 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 stomping boots or something like that. I don't know if that's the right word, but <laughs> it's something boots, and and they give you three damage if you're berserk. So like, if you go berserk yep. during the turn, you get the damage. It's two damage now. They nerf those a little bit. Okay. Um, yep. So. It you you can get the damage if you go berserk during the turn. If you start the turn berserk, you get the damage. So you're pretty much getting that bonus every turn once you're above the if you're above the health threshold. So we've given some tips about how to play the barb. We've talked about some of the different build options that you have when mm-hmm. you're going to go through your barb, um, and we've talked about what classes do well against the barb, but. What would you do? Um, what are some of like the more tactics just to play against it? If you're not if you're not one of those classes, like just what are general tactics to play against Barbarian just to like to go for the win? I my my first thought is try to get some heals to That's... survive the aggro rush, and then if you can outlast them, then you know that... you got a good chance. Let let their berserk kill them for you. <laughs> there, there there's don't let them get the heals. 
that's definitely one of the things I would, I mean, that's one of the things they're susceptible to is just like yep. the fighter aggro is susceptible to healing. Like yep. if you can heal more than the damage they're doing and they may knock off 25 health the first couple turns, you can then heal up to your full health again, you know? So like healing, the other thing is they do have a big hit point, you know, pool that they start off with like more health than anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. They can still get burnt down and their berserk helps you burn them down. So I think like, like fighter has a somewhat decent chance of beating them. I, I, it's not easy. Uh, and it's definitely not guaranteed or anything, but you can burn down a barbarian too. Mm-hmm. With that, right, like though. if you were a fighter, that's what you should be trying to do, yeah. I think. And, and if you're a thief or a cleric, you should be healing. If you're a wizard or alchemist, you're in trouble against the barbarian. It's really yeah. hard for those two with the matchup. But you have to get heals, basically. That's the only way you're And you win. have to get them in your first deck and start cycling and healing. Yeah. Because you, if you, you might can't... not even stabilize in that situation because yeah. they have so much hit points that the barbarian does that, you know, you're in this race and you've kind of like turned the corner a little bit, but barbarian's just kind of able to limp to the finish line and deal mm-hmm. yeah. just enough to, to get there. It, it reminds me of a previous episode which we were talking about playing from behind so it's that from the beginning though like you're like okay i'm an alchemist (laughs) or a wizard so i'm gonna buy as many guards as i can and or heals Mm -hmm. period (laughs) and then maybe i'll be okay it's kind of too bad in in a way because then you're stuck with a possibly shitty deck because you just have to buy guards and everything but if it helps you live longer then you have a better chance with the with the dungeons cards especially like if you're playing you know beta q or any of that stuff or whatever yeah you're playing with all the sets right now the bcd format yep there's lots of cards that heal out of all those sets put together so like you're either going to be healing or you're going to try to aggro them down and those are the ways you can beat the barbarian yep and and just for anyone that doesn't have beta b is base set uh, C is Call to Arms and D is Dungeons, which are yes. Call to Arms is an expansion that's going to come out, and Dungeons was the Kickstarter they just did. Yeah. Um, totally. No, yeah, I agree, Tim. I agree. That's really interesting. But th- that's pretty much what I'd say to play against it. You either need to heal or you need to burn them down faster than they burn you down. And yeah, so really, Cleric, Thief, Fighter, you can have a somewhat decent chance against the Barbarian. I think the Barbarian's probably still favored against the fighter. I would say it might be favored against the thief too. Against the cleric, I think the cleric has that matchup edge just a little bit. Like 55-45 in the Yeah, it's still really like close and you it's not guaranteed by any means there. But Which uh, I think yeah. it's good for the meta for cleric to have like, you know, a strong uh position against uh, a strong class, right? Like I think that's healthy for the meta game. Yeah, the other thing that's true too is I think um I think with the ranger nerf on the quiver, uh, these aggro classes are going to really help be a good counter to that. I, I've had a lot of good luck lately with high level fighter, full aggro fighter against the ranger. I'm like, since I've been playing, I haven't had a ton of games, but um, I've been doing really good, really good against it. And so I think having barbarian in that same boat will be another really good counter towards mm-hmm. uh, towards ranger. And I think it will be trendy too, because people are going to want to try the new thing. So there'll be a lot of them out there. So it could be a little mm-hmm. bit harder, yeah, harder to play Discord, that ranger. 
they were like, please play the OG classes. We need more data. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 one thing I would say, I really want to see them revamp the abilities a little bit so they can't do that massive discard three during the first couple of turns. And I'd also like to see, and I know like I've said this on the discord and Joel's like, no, that doesn't make sense to me. But to me, it makes sense. Like all of them should be drawing two or all of them should be drawing one. And the difference should be the econ and the health lost. I love that balance of the skill. And I feel like we lost some of that with some of the changes. Maybe it never comes back. Okay, but right now, the way it is, it feels like you need to go for the draw two side of the tree. The other side mm-hmm. is just kind of junk at this point. Word. Okay, so we've talked about Barbarian. Shall we talk a little bit about Alchemist? Uh, yeah, so I think we're going to not talk as much about the Alchemist because they've made some changes and none of us have really played with like the potion changes that just happened. But we right. can still give an overview of how the class feels and some of that stuff. And we can say so, what the potion change is. Yeah, we'll, least, we'll get so, to yeah. that in the card talk, actually. Okay, so. Okay. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with, with the Alchemist, it's all about faction abilities, really. You have skills, abilities, and stuff that will let you faction cards. And you're almost especially at higher levels, you're pretty much, you can count on getting faction bonuses on almost every card that you want to. Right. So, so like we talked in our, what would you do about the deception, right? That like, oh yeah, even if Must they have buy. profit, even if they get intimidation, like it's not guaranteed that it's going to happen, right? And this is one of the things that like has made me think like deception is not a busted card, right? Because you have to faction it. Well, with the alchemist, it's a completely busted card. It's so it's so busted. Because Even taxation, because yeah. a one gold card that heals you for six is insane. Right. That's insane. Every card with a faction ability, you can if you may not be tr- able to trigger all of them every turn, but you can trigger multiple factions. You can probably be guaranteed yep. to trigger two different factions every turn if you want to. Yeah, you, um, with Alchemist, you you just have to slog through the beginning. Yeah. And then once you can get to the point where you can pay two gold to faction something, then you're off to the dang races. Yeah. <laughs> you are off. So, so so you're factioning everything that you can faction. You're get you're get your your skill tree gives you more damage or healing and that sort of stuff based on the faction that you choose for that ability, that skill. And then uh your ability trees let you sacrifice a card and then like basically get a card of a higher cost based off of which ability you got. And depending on, you can get up to like a seven cost on the one side of the tree or a three cost on the other side of the tree, but the three cost goes to hand. The seven of cost goes to your discard. So like, and then the middle right. one goes, I think to the top of your deck and it's a five cost right now so yeah so those are interesting ones but like basically you can sacrifice out a starter card and get domination on the one side of the tree which is (laughs) without any economy right insane yeah it's it's nuts but deck one like it's like it's like smooth heist though like you can smooth heist in a similar way right it's got 
It's got yep. a really similar feel to like a smooth heist with those. those. Right, because it takes luck. At the yeah. same time, you only have to get lucky with one card rather than having to get two really good gold cards. If if the row but, doesn't have any seven costers or any really good cards, that it 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 does have RNG with the market. But yep. most even a five coster, if you have the seven the ability to let you get a seven coster, I'll use it on a five cost card if that's what's out there. If command's out there, I'll buy it, you know. Like, and and yeah. that goes into like the early momentum and tempo being so important yeah. in the game. If you have a strong early game, you're gonna have a better mid game than your opponent, and right. you're gonna leverage that into a win in the end stages of the game. So yep. so so you're triggering triggering these ally abilities, you're you're sacrificing some some starter cards and getting other cards out of it. And then one of the things that it did early on in beta is it would cycle through its deck faster than a ranger could cycle. <laughs> it was through its so deck. awesome. It was, so it, it was the potions were so frothing, fun. bro. They yeah. were frothing. <laughs> They've changed the potions to give damage instead of a draw or a cycle. And I think that might be enough to get the alchemist right where they want it to be. Yep. Uh, they made a couple of changes with stuff, this and that. But I think with that change, that might get it right where it wants to, where it slows down the deck enough that even getting that seven coster turn one without any economy in your hand, you still have to get through all your cards to get that stuff out. And if it slows it down enough, that might just balance the alchemist really good, I think. I think so. Go ahead, Dubs. Well, I was just going to say, I know dealing damage is, you know, a part of the game and how you win and stuff like that. But like just something about the potions dealing extra damage now doesn't feel as like thematic or flavorful no, to me. Like here, it doesn't here, feel like it fits in with the alchemist here, here, so much. Here's how I see it, man. So you think like it's been a while since I played D&D. OK, so I'm going to give that caveat. But but you're basically making little alchemy Molotov cocktails. And since you have like stronger factioning, there's stronger yeah. cocktails. Yeah. And I can get behind that. But it just feels like what the rest of the class is doing is like cheating at the game. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, the rest of it, you're cheating. You're like, I'm yeah. going to sacrifice. And but I'm here's get the that thing. Seven for free. Dubs. I would much rather have a balanced alchemist class than a thematic broken alchemist class. That's true. That's true. I just, I don't know. I, wa- I wonder why they decided. I thought the cycling was good and that they should have just changed it to a May and it would be fine. But I, I thought I, I think read... it was still too good. Was it? Okay. I thought Joel said something about they didn't like how it interacted with the play all button. Yeah, and that's why they changed it. I don't know why. Huh. I don't know why. Like the, the potions were not as good when they were a cycle. Forced or not, they're not going to be as good as a draw, right? Because you got to discard sure. stuff, yeah. right? But sure. The force but, cycle, really bad. Yeah, and it was yeah, but I think even with it being cycling, the alchemist was too good. Okay. And in, in my well, opinion, and I think this, I think this, this change right here probably means they may not need to make much more changes to the alchemist. We'll see. Maybe yeah. they still will, but I think this is going to get it pretty close to the power range they want the alchemist at. So, 
Right. And I I will say I love those Philosopher's Stones. We talked about oh, leveling yeah. up the alchemist where your skill nice. is able to grant factioning. But even just built into the base deck, you have these Philosopher's Stones that add a gold. And when you play them, have a, you pick faction, a faction identity. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And so then, you know, and just the way that the alchemist... um you know, Hero Realms is all about like changing your evaluation of the market and your decisions based off of the context of the game. And yep. Alchemist really gives you a new lens to uh-huh. look at those decisions from because all of a sudden that bottom line, you're not like, well, it'd be cool if I got to faction this. No, you're you're going to be able to faction it if you want to. So it really changes how you evaluate things, which made it yep. a ton of fun to play. The only yep. thing is, if you go full rainbow with the cards, you may not be able to trigger all four uh, factions <laughs> every turn. You might be able to do it most turns, but you may not be able to do it every turn. Right. Right. Now, I, I know you can ca- you can probably count on two or three almost every turn, <laughs> but maybe not four. All right, so that's a good point. So I think you're talking about the the specs, right? The spe- no. spectrum spec. That, that's an upgrade that we'll get to during card talk. So what do you mean then in that case? Because I haven't I haven't leveled my alchemist you, either. You, you have is the- there there is a way that you can it helps you to get all four different. Well, factions? yeah, you're, is that what you're, you're, saying? you're if you have all four factions in your deck and you're drawing cards and stuff. Ah, okay. I see you, what you mean. S- say I have an Imperial card, a guild card, a wild card, and a Necros card in my yeah. hand. And they all have a faction, faction ability. Yeah. I'm going to want to try to trigger the ones that have good faction abilities, right? And so, yeah, of like, course. You got a Philosopher's Stone that will help you do it. You have skills that let you do it. And you have some upgrade cards that let you do it. And then some of the upgrade cards get better when you trigger factions as well. Right. Like the spectacles, like the fireworks and some of that stuff, which we'll talk about in depth in the card talk. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Amazing. So, all right. So going to this, the tips and tactics to playing. Well, then we've talked about a few, two cards that we really liked the deception and the taxation cards. Are there any other cards that you feel like are just like must buys? I've got at least one in my mind. Anything with a faction ability gets way better. And so you really have to reevaluate how you look at cards. If um, if it has a faction ability, you can probably trigger it, and that card gets a lot better. If what it's about a card, cards if that it's have a, two factions abilities? Uh-huh. <laughs> Full Moon's Call on your that mind. That was what I was thinking. Yes. Or, or uh, Wild Charge is another one. Yep. That's a bunch of damage, Either but one. still. Oh, yeah. my God. Insane. Um, yeah, those are great. Uh, Full Moon's Call is really nuts with the Alchemist. But but Incredible. even so, just looking at Profit, one gold, or what? It gives you one gold, or does it give you two gold? It gives you two gold. Two it costs gold. one gold. Yeah, it costs one gold, it gives you two gold, but the faction ability is four damage. So like, instead of just looking at it like, yeah, I get some economy, but now I get economy and damage. This card yeah. just got a lot better. A lot better, a lot better. And that may not be a card I'm looking at getting all the time with it, but uh, there's a new Dungeons card, the, uh, was it The House Always Wins? Is that what it's called? Yep, yep. Top deck. Top deck and stuff. Boom, I'm top decking all the time with an alchemist. Yeah, so, okay, so I feel like we're talking about cards more than, like, tactics. Yeah. So are we going to go... 
I mean, I think that can be a valid tactic to say, well, buy the cards that have the best faction abilities. That's a tactic, yes. right? Yeah. So I think that's one thing that we have just said, even though we didn't say that explicitly, that's, that's... but we said that. Two, though, are we going to try to go like we're going Healy, right? We're kind of trying to we're we're going to try to stay Maybe. alive and build that deck up to get strong. I feel like I've definitely been aggro rushed with Al- like against Alchemist, though. Like they yeah, they can hit you pretty hard. Um, Are you trying to build runs? It's gonna, it's, it's like, gonna, what are we doing? It's going to depend on your matchup against a fighter, against a barbarian, against a uh, a ranger. ranger. I'm, I'm, I may go a little more into like trying to get some heals and that sort of stuff, and then combo out to just, like, burn you down really quick, right? Um, mm-hmm. Against the other classes, maybe I'm going to go a little more aggro, uh, even against, like, a cleric sometimes, because you can you can kind of combo that stuff big. And, and that's one of the cool things with an alchemist, is you can really, like you can with a wizard, you can build a deck that does these awesome combo... You can get your deception and your, you know, full moon's call and all this stuff, all to trigger, and you're drawing fifty cards in a turn, and not really fifty, but you know, you're drawing <laughs> yeah. a bunch of cards, triggering all these faction abilities, and you're just blowing everybody away, right? I, I gotta say, I think that the alchemist is probably like the guild faction's best friend. Oh yeah, because all well, in when it comes, not all the cards, but when it comes to, I mean, just like. Look at um, intimidation. Like you get five damage, but if you can faction it, you get two gold too. Like yeah. it's insane and profit. Like you were saying, like it makes bribe. them way better. Having bribe, bribe is insane. Faction is way yes. better. Yeah, bribe faction makes it really good. Bribe by itself is not that um, great. Like and to be able to reliably faction some of those cards mm-hmm. just is so, awesome. So, so really, for me, like the real basics of alchemist: buy cards with faction abilities. Trigger those, cycle through your deck as fast as you can. So if it's got a draw or it's got a faction ability, it's something you're wanting to buy with an alchemist, right? I have a fun question. Would you rather buy a... Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Nature's Bounty. Or dis, or um, would you rather buy a Command if you were an alchemist? Because Command doesn't have a faction ability. Right. But, it's but a it good draws... Card. It does draw. Yeah, it's in the blind a little bit there. I would take command still, I think. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Normally, I'm going to take command over deception in, in a vacuum. With an alchemist, I'm going to take deception over command. That's a better comparison. Yeah, exactly. Yep, it switches so, it, right? So, 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 yeah, like the cards with really good faction abilities, you can count on getting them. And that that's how you win with the alchemist is you combo all that stuff together. You draw cards. Even if you're not drawing cards... If you can get the good faction abilities to either do a bunch of damage or heal yourself a bunch or to top deck or to hand things like that, you do that. And King, is it King Screet that, no, no, run, <laughs> run, run, run for jewels or something like that, right? Is that what it's called? You're hunt, mixing, hunt for jewels. Hunt for you're, jewels. You're mixing, jewels. What the hell? You're mixing the rap group, dude. Yeah. Run the jewels. They're awesome. Yeah, that's that's what I but yeah. Hunt, hunt for jewels. I'm telling that, you. That card's insane Rob, because you basically get two fire gems each turn. So you get four economy and six damage, and you're drawing a card every turn. That card is nuts with 
the alchemist insane yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. great card it's a great card but, but i also just want to say rob and and darwin and everyone that designed this game i think were on a serious hip-hop they kick <laughs> with, with everything's a, everything is trap everything is screen everything yeah. <laughs> is around the jewels maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> they were inspired dude so, i'm telling you so we've, we've kind of talked about like in general what you want to do with the alchemist how you can kind of play it well we went over the skills and ability to a certain extent um the classes that do better against it uh what do you guys think are the classes that do better against the alchemist things that want to play a short game yeah Yeah. i think we kind of alluded to it and maybe even directly said it already leading up to this but the alchemist hit points are low they want to start like doing those tricks with the factioning cards that they bought and you want to smoosh them in the face as fast <laughs> as you can. <laughs> yeah, smoosh so. them as fast as you can. I, I, fighter. I, I'm curious. I'm curious about something. Do you guys barbarian? Think... Yeah, hundred percent. And sometimes ranger, but sometimes ranger can just get out comboed by the alchemist. That's a closer one. But uh, fighter yep. and barbarian especially can just burn them down. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think this would really be that strong because you can only steal one card from them but i feel like you might have a slight edge in the the thief realm of getting the a thief that has the ability that steals yeah the masterful heist would probably be the better thief matchup against them but still it's going to be hard i think maybe lift is better i i think i would prefer the smooth heist Mm. against them just because then i can i can smooth heist a couple cards that they can't get you know some but, aggros. Get some aggros straight. Smooth or, heist, two elven curse straight to your hand. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I was going to say that could like shape how you play. So we talked about the classes that are strong, but even if you're playing wizard or thief against an alchemist, you may want to try to take a more aggressive line than you normally would. So, yeah, so, true. So I have found when playing the alchemist at like max level against the classes and whatever, I'm normally beating a wizard. But I have run into like rucksack, <laughs> you know. Name one of the best players in the game, right? Well, right. I played, I played him, and he he he'll pull off the wizard win against me. It it yep. takes some healing and this and that, but like they they can win that matchup for sure. Um, the key question here, Tim, is is he is he rolling shizzard? Is he rolling pure? Like, is he doing gloves? Do you re- remember? I don't I don't remember what the build was. I couldn't. Yeah, tell you. Um, yeah. But most of the wizards that I played with i'm playing alchemist and they're playing wizard i'm just rolling that wizard because i can yeah. i can combo faster than the wizard can combo usually if which they is can, crazy if they can heal and extend the game a little bit though they can start to get that edge right it, and it's a real similar play style between wizard and alchemist it's not quite a mirror match but it almost feels that way with a little bit of an edge towards the alchemist um yep then like fighter and barbarian can absolutely just burn an alchemist down. But again, if, if the alchemist gets the healing and can last a little longer, they can turn that around and combo a game out against either of those. Yep. They just are squishy and they have to get those heals quick and be able to survive long enough. Right. Yeah. Cleric and ranger, I think are, at least they were a little favored by the the alchemist was a little favored against them almost completely against the cleric but again yeah. sometimes those you get enough heals and stuff and that the alchemist can just 
not do it. And you get a, enough of a base wall and this and that, and the alchemist kind of beating its head against, yep. you know, a cleric. Um, this, this could be completely anecdotal, but I did have a really good game where I was a steel cleric versus an alchemist. Mm-hmm. And that was good because they couldn't quite get enough damage yeah. to break my wall down. And I also was lucky and got some discards earlier. So a steel right. cleric with discards anyways is hard to beat, but right. And, and so I think like, one thing that I like about the alchemist is that just about any class can have a chance against it. It may not be the best chance, but like there's not any like super horrible. You're just guaranteed to lose matchups with this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. except for, I almost feel like the barbarians almost feels really close to an almost auto lose for that. Is that true too at like level 14? Cause I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't got to that level yet, so I don't know. It is. Yeah. It, as, to clarify, barbarian smushes alchemist, right? Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. That, yep, that's yep. about the only one that I think is almost like it's not guaranteed, but it it feels. I would say the the fighter versus cleric matchup is still the worst matchup, but the barbarian versus alchemist is probably Kinda the next bad. worst. Which I really hope that's something that they figure out however they do, because if you're going to send this as a Kickstarter to a bunch right. of people with just Barbarian and Alchemist and they're going to uh-huh. play against <laughs> each other with that, you need to have that as like a smooth, a better balance. A at, smooth at, balance. At lower matchup. levels, at like level three, like the character pack sort mm-hmm. of levels and whatever, I don't think it, it's not near as bad. True. Because, because but like at, at the max level stuff, like the the barbarian can can do half of the alchemist's health on like its first or second turn and make it discard a bunch of cards. <laughs> and then yeah. and then the alchemist is just like, well, I'm dead. You know, yeah. the you already shut off like, my armor and that really yeah. hurts. 25 health and they're in deck two and yeah. they bought like some econ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's bad. <laughs> cool. So one thing I wanted to talk about, and this is less about like the classes playing against the alchemist and more like the broad tips and tactics uh-huh. for playing against the alchemist is that just as the alchemist has a new evaluation of the row based off of its ease of factioning. So too does the opponent, opponent have to consider how well they're going to faction. So your uh-huh. hate buys are all of a sudden really uh-huh. different. And I didn't bring this up earlier on, but one of the things that I love buying as an alchemist, and I'm sure you guys agree, a very common faction ability is draw a card. You see it Uh on all the factions. And so I find myself much more often when I'm against an alchemist buying cards that faction to draw a card. Yeah, I'm buying Orc Grunt against Alchemist. (laughs) It's like, what what am I doing here? Yeah. So Elven Curse for sure, (laughs) because the alchemist can trigger one or two of those with its skill or the philosopher's stones or whatever, and then they're drawn into more cards, which are triggering other faction abilities, and that's where the combo massive combo comes from for the alchemist. Yeah, like you just start drawing your whole deck. Combo breaker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they get like a critical mass. So definitely be like keeping an eye out for how you're going to hate buy against the alchemist. You got to walk like a fine line because you don't want to buy cards that are like total trash for yourself that you're like, I'm never going to faction this and it's really bad. But like just, you know, calculate that into your decision making process. Yeah. And and, it's a good call. 
How and do you feel about taxation? Because it slows your deck down a lot of times. And you want to usually try to punch them it's fast. A good, it's a good point. Yeah, because um, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. But I it's don't such know a if good I card. would just... That, that, that is going to depend on how much other Imperial A, the Alchemist has, and B, that I have. If I yeah. have no other Imperial, they don't really have much Imperial. I'll let them get taxation and get like six heal. But if they have a bunch of other Imperials, I will... I will hate by that. Yeah. Sure. Even if I don't have any. Right. Interesting. I love it. And and then again, like that's something that can also help the alchemist is then like, you're just cluttering your deck with stuff that you don't really want, but you don't want them to have. And so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's one of those kind of weird muddling matches. <laughs> and, and I guess I feel like we've kind of talked about, um, the classes, the overview, we went into some pretty good specifics about stuff. Um, I just want to talk real quick before we end this main focus about like the new classes and the balance of them compared to like the original and each other Yeah, real quick. And um, they're still making changes on stuff. And as they keep making changes on these classes, it's getting closer and closer to being balanced. Well, at first these were absurdly too good. Like you weren't, yeah. you weren't going to win with an original class very often. Like you might get yep. lucky. You needed a lot of luck, this or that. And most of those matchups as they're making these tweaks and changes, especially like, I feel like the stuff they did to the alchemist probably has it pretty close to where they want it. The barbarian's still going to need some tweaking, but once they get all that done, and I think there will be more to come for the Barbarian. So, like, yeah. But as of right now, the Barbarian's still kind of broken. Al- Alchemist, maybe less so. But I haven't had enough practice with these final, like, not yeah. not that it's the final, never going to have any more. But the most recent changes, I haven't had a ton of practice right. with the Alchemist since then. So, it may still need some work, but I feel like it's getting really close. The Barbarian needs some more work here. I need to play some more max level with and against the Elk and Barb as the OG classes to really like weigh in on it fully. But I will 100% echo what Tim was saying about how they were busted before in the lead up to this cast. Yeah. I uh, had the ambitious goal of trying to get in... Um, 10 games of each of the OG against each of these, which was like a hundred games. And I made hero helper was down. So I made like a spreadsheet to track it and stuff. And um, I didn't (laughs) do a perfect job of tracking, but I had between like a 15 to 20% win rate with the OG classes. And I'm like, usually 50% or better against people. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So for me to go down to 15%, it was kind of a a lot. Right. the only matches with the original classes that I had a winning record against one of the new ones, I had a r- winning record or that me or my opponent playing the original class had a re- winning record against the new class cleric against barbarian had a winning yep. record. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, same. and I think the fighter versus alchemist was at least like right around 50% that I remember. So like, those two matchups were the only like really good. They've made balance changes since then. 
Right, which is why and I so, want to go in and get like another good round we'll of revi- testing. We'll felt- revisit it some more for sure. Yep. So stay tuned yeah. on that, everybody. But like, it used to be hella bad, and now it seems maybe okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a lot of data, unfortunately. On like, I just just thought about doing like Hero Helper against some of the like in looking at some of the people that play the most. So, rucksack, yeah, that's you, we, buddy. We don't need to do that right now. And <laughs> you know, he's only got like eleven Alchemist games and a few barbarian, like twelve barbarian yeah. games. So it's really the sample size is not big enough. Oh, yeah. but, but we'll get wait there for you to report on some bigger sample sizes there, man. That's we'll get there. We're, we'll get we're there. capturing it now, my friends. But but that's kind of how it's looking that the the newer classes are probably still overall a little better than the original, especially the barbarian. But it's starting to get more balanced. And I don't mind playing the new classes with an original class as near as much. Like, not that I minded before. I, I thought of it as a challenge, and it was felt really good when I would win, right? Um, now it's much, much more reasonable matchups, even though sometimes it can absolutely be broken. They run away with it. Yeah. 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 All righty. We will continue on with card talk. <laughs> This is my boomstick. All right. Now that we have covered like the overview of the Barbarian and Alchemist, we wanted to go kind of in depth here uh, with a card talk where we would talk about the uh, card upgrades. We're not talking about your skill or ability upgrades here. It's just going to be like the level 5, 7, 9, 11, uh, I think it's 5, 7, 9, 11, and 13. Yeah, the odd ones where you either are replacing a card in your starting deck or adding to it. So, and kind of the choices that they have here. So we're going to start off with the Barbarian. And at level 5, you have the choice of the Serrated Hand Axe, which the basic Hand Axe gives you... um, Crap, I don't remember. (laughs) <laughs> it gives you it's two damage and two. two damage and two if you're berserk. So adds two more. So it would be four damage if you're berserk. The serrated hand axe still has a base two damage, but it's plus five if you're berserk. So it adds three more damage. Um, or, uh, and that replaces the hand axe. Or you can replace a gold with the amulet of stifled pain, which draws one and your class skill won't damage you this turn. So I thought Amulet of Stifled Pain was where it's at because it's, you know, draw one, you're moving through your deck and you're not taking that damage. And then I kept getting clobbered by Hand Axe <laughs> Barbarians because seven damage is so much damage. Like, yeah. I thought Jagged Spear was good when you deal four and then sack it for four to be eight. This is just yeah. like seven, seven, seven. So... I, this one was close to me at first, but I'm all hand axe all the way at this point. Yeah. How about you guys? I, I, I'm, I'm all hand axe here. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Tr- I tried both of them out early on with different builds and whatever, but uh, I'd rather take four damage and deal seven out, you know, myself. Yeah. I, I want amulet to be the choice. Cause it's more fun. Like, I think, I think it's more fun to play with here- draws and all that, but the hand axe is the way to go for sure. It's gonna, it's gonna end the game. 
here's why I think the hand axe is going to be better most of the time. It's because you're consistently getting the bonus on the hand axe. You're not always getting damaged by your class skill. So half the time that amulet's going to miss. Yeah. And in which case it's eh. you're, yeah. Yeah, you're replacing your itself. And, and that's, that's kind of the crux of it. Like I think a lot of hero realms is playing to your strengths as the class that you're in. And actually these are both two of the strengths that yeah. the class has. You can draw a lot, you can do a lot of damage. But in that case the consistency is key, yeah. right? Like you're getting you're always getting that serrated hand axe bonus. You're not always going to get that amulet. Something with how Barbarian is now is the economy is a little more taxed with the plunder modification. Well, Amulet of Stifled Pain actually replaces a gold. And, and while it, it doesn't does give draw you a one, gold. Exactly. When you draw one, you're not guaranteed to get a gold. So, like, I you do want to keep your economy at a certain base level. So that, to me, is another point in favor of Hand Axe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I will say one point for Amulet, too, though, is that you don't necessarily have to calm down if you get it, right? Like, you get it. But that also but, is depend on you being on a on a but, non berserk. <laughs> but but the thing is, you're wanting to calm down so that you can draw so you can more draw turn exactly. Turn, it's so. kind of a, it's almost like a penalty. Yeah. So so we're pretty much all in agreement that the serrated hand axe is is probably better, at least most of the time for yep. the barbarian. Yeah, at, I think it's at, it's all the time. At level seven, <laughs> there's the wolf companion, which is a. Three defense non-guard champion that will deal five damage to target guard or unguarded opponent. Or, and that adds to your deck, and or there's the flail that adds to your deck that will draw one and deal three damage to opponent. Oh, and man. I want what? the wolf. I want the wolf to be the winner. But I don't <laughs> know. I think the flail might be better. <laughs> What do you guys think? I think the flail is better. I I I think the wolf is cool. It's it can be more damage, but that damage may not go to your opponent. Whereas the three damage from flail always goes to your opponent, whether they're guarded yep. or not. And so oh, that's so, good. So so if your opponent has a you know three defense guard, it's just going to do three damage. The wolf companion. And it has mm-hmm. to be out for it to work. Or in if fact, it's a cleric and he has a one, yeah, one exactly. damage card, yeah, right, exactly. And so, and it only has three defense, so like it's pretty easy to get rid of the wolf. And so, the flail speeds up your deck because you're adding a draw card. So it well, it doesn't speed up your deck, but it doesn't slow it down. Whereas the wolf companion does slow it down unless it stays out of your shuffles all the time, which it's not going to at three defense. Right. Right. Exactly. So I think the flail is, is, is better. I'd I'm going to go ahead and lobby for a wolf buff. Cause I want the wolf. <laughs> I don't think I want the wolf. If you're I listening, guys, think, wolf buff. <laughs> I don't, I don't think the barbarian needs any buffs. So yeah. Um, I love it. All right. At level nine, uh, and there was just recently a change here. So uh, there's the stomping boots. And both of these have a 30 health threshold for these armors. So at level nine, right. there's the stomping boots. That gives you two damage if you're berserk. And with the way berserk works, you're pretty much getting this every turn. Unless 
you cooled down and never berserked your turn. Like you cooled down last turn and then you didn't go berserk this turn. That's the only time these aren't going to go off. Right. And then the other option is the Razor Bracers, which would deal two damage to an unguarded opponent. I love the art on Razor Bracers and I want them to be good. Yeah. And they're just not, I mean, it's, it's boots by a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they, they move the boots down to two damage, you're almost always getting that two damage. The Razor Bracers, like you might almost always get that, but if you, if they ever get a guard that doesn't go out, you're not getting that two damage. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty situational. You're going to want it against a wizard, maybe? Like, and that's it. And what? Maybe, yeah. I, I Maybe it's not by a long shot now that they changed it. Before, yeah. when it was three damage on the boots, yeah, it was, it was a no moved. contest. But I don't know. even still, I think your opponent, as the barbarian, is going to be incentivized to purchase guards against you. So mm-hmm. the likelihood of your yeah. bracers not triggering to me, is always going to be higher than the likelihood of your boots not triggering. Yeah. your boots don't trigger on if, decisions that you make, your bracers don't trigger on a decisions your opponent makes. I think even at two, even at one, I might be like, well, stomping boots. I, even at one, <laughs> yeah. honestly. I mean, that's like pauldrons at that I point. Said, I, said, I said originally they should have flipped it so that the bracers did three damage and the boots did two. If they did that, I might take the bracers because most of the time as yeah. a barbarian, you can yeah. take out the guards your opponent has out, and then you're getting and then that activate damage. it. Yeah, yeah and right. so like, like at that point, I might go with the bracers. With them being equal damage, I'm going to go boots. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's keep it rolling. At level eleven, uh, there is these are the first one adds to your deck. The bone axe is three damage, and it's plus one damage for each champion in all discard piles so you and your opponent or there's the crushed coin which replaces a gold it gives you one gold and then if you are berserk you can sacrifice it for two damage this is an it this is in my opinion the first like choice that really is like an interesting choice the closest yeah. of them all yeah. so far for you. Mm-hmm. Cause you could just like, I mean, it always happens. You get smash and grab or Torgan and you're going to, you, you draw that in your first, your first deck every time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what bone X is going to do. You're going to be like, of course I draw it in my first deck. Of course. But, but you take out, I mean, you don't it's play still that, three damage. You don't with the bone X, you take out all the champions your opponent has out and then you play the bone X. Yeah. So you get yes. that extra damage. But if you need that damage to take out the only champion they have out, then like it really doesn't give you anything more than three. And it, it doesn't it, it doesn't like plus up as they hit the discard pile, right? Like some it of the other did stuff not, like no. Yeah. I okay. don't know if that's changed, but it did not. Yeah, okay. Fair. Um it's when you played it, you got the plus one. Mm-hmm. And it adds to your deck, whereas the crushed coin replaces a gold. So and then know. sacrifices out to thin. And your then deck. you can sacrifice it out. Yep. Which basically yeah. lets you in turn sacrifice, one. Yeah. You're gonna sacrifice it as fast as you can. Yeah. I love that. I think I'm gonna go crushed coin in this case. I've tried both, and I like both. Yeah. 
I don't know which one is necessarily better, but I've been liking the crushed coin recently because of the fact that it replaces a gold and then I can sacrifice that out and get my deck thinner. Yeah. Yeah. But Since... the bone axe is a nice chunk of damage. Even if you're just getting the right. three, it's decent damage. So since the merge and I lost my barb and now I have to re-level, I, you know, am definitely going to go that serrated hand axe for that huge chunk of seven damage. And I think I'm also going to go bone axe on this uh, leveling up of my barbarian because just the idea that this can add anywhere from three to honestly eight damage. I really like that top end on what it could be doing. Normally you're going to get an extra two or three damage from that. If you're if you're lucky, sometimes so, zero, yeah. but five most of the time, most of the time, you're not getting five or six bonus damage off of it. It's a super close one. E- either you or it your is. opponent has shuffled recently, and so you're there's not as many champions in the discard there. So yeah. I wouldn't ca- count on getting six or seven damage bonus from it very <laughs> often. I'm kind of feeling like maybe it's a good closing move with Bonax for that one, but I'm kind of feeling like even though you said you know you're going serrated dubs, yeah. I'm kind of saying like okay, well, but what if you go serrated and flail and boots, so mm-hmm. you're you're pushing as much damage yep. as you can, and then you go crushed coin, so it's gonna all happen faster. I guess boots doesn't matter because that's an armor, but Th- that's that's the build that I'm playing the most with Barbarian right now has the crushed coin instead of the Bonax, but. I, I need to, uh, I think, level up another, another Barbarian to try out the Bone Axe with the same build and see Do the you, difference. Yeah, I mean, we if talked you went about... Barb with a, with a champ-heavy strategy, yeah. that could potentially yeah. be good, but it's okay. just, it's situational. What were you going to say, Dubs? Oh, I was just going to ask quick, Tim, how often do you sack out the Crush Coin immediately with your current build? Most of the time. Yeah, as soon as you play it, you sack Yeah, it. I pretty much play it. And if I'm berserk, I'm I'm sacrificing it. So yeah, and that that's enough to make you go berserk with the that side of the tree that I've been using. So sure, sure, do that. You get you get two damage. It does that. I, but also doing that also means like that lowers the amount of economy in your deck a little bit. So right, that's one thing. And you're you a little more mind. strapped. So there it. there there have been sometimes depending on what the row is that I'll keep it for through my first shuffle and then I'll sacrifice it second shuffle or whatever. But usually cool. I'm not keeping it any longer than that. Hmm. And then at level 13, uh, these both add to your deck. Um, there's the ring of rage. It draws one. And the next time you expend your class skill this turn, it costs zero gold. So that is to either go berserk or to cool down. It doesn't cost you any economy. And then there is Earthshaker, which gives you one damage. It draws one, and opposing champions lose guard this turn. This is the mm. other choice that I think can be somewhat interesting in these upgrades. Like, the early ones seem pretty clear-cut to me. These last two are the ones that are interesting to me. Um I have liked both of these at various times as a barbarian with across all the different builds and stuff that I've tried out. I think I'm kind of settling on I like Earthshaker overall more than Ring of Rage. And that's mostly just because it adds damage, right? Like that last line about opposing champions lose guard. It is one me games, right? 
It has yeah. won me games. <laughs> yeah, that. it's a good. I, I've had some good shot games. in the clutch. I've had some close games with like a cleric <clears throat> or something, or just even like against a ranger or something that gets some guards out, and it takes some luck that it has to line up when they're out and you don't have the damage to finish them off or whatever. But like I've had it a couple of games where like an opponent got some guards out and I wasn't going to have enough damage, but I, I had the earth shaker and it took out their guard. It got rid of their guard. It doesn't stun it or anything, but they're no longer a guard. They're just a normal champion. And so you just damage your opponent and finish them off. So, so it's interesting. Cause to me, and this again, this I haven't played with it yet, so I don't know. But the Ring of Rage seems like the one that would be the more consistent choice that would help you throughout the entire game. I, I like that they both draw one, so that kind of cancels yeah. out, right? So it's uh-huh. draw one, and then Ring of Rage lets you, it helps your economy. Yeah. And exactly. that's also something that the Barbarian can lack, you know? Right. Um, and can be a weakness, and this can help with that. Um, and depending on what, uh, yeah, I think they're so both wonder, good. If you go bone axe, maybe you're more inclined to go ring of rage, right? right. Like at 11, if you go bone axe, maybe you want rage. When I leveled my mm-hmm. first barbarian, I didn't like ring of rage that much because I had to draw two that cost one, no matter which yeah. side I was on, and that plunder wasn't now. nerfed. But yeah. now, yeah, it costs one on one side, two on the other side, and plunders nerfed. So yeah. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm liking that about Ring of Rage as we discuss it right now. But this idea of Earthshaker always giving the one damage and then providing that opportunity for the kill shot at the end of the game, like it's good. that is drawn to me as well. So I really don't know which way I'd go here. I, and, and that's why I said yeah. I think it's an interesting mm-hmm. choice. Whereas before, I think Earthshaker was probably better. Yeah, a lot yes. of the time, if you had that build that only cost one gold to yeah. do either, um, if you had the two cost one, the Ring of Rage was a little better. And I had tried out that build, and I liked the Ring of Rage all right in it. And I think either one is viable here. Yeah, okay. I do awesome. really like the um, the Rat Swarm and cards that do that. And that has definitely won me some games in in uh, mm-hmm. in you know in in the, the beta, queue, okay. and yeah. it's been good. Okay, right. so, so we're going to move on to the Alchemist. Let's see, where's the level three? There's not a level three, is there? <laughs> level five. So at level five, these both replace a card in your deck. So there's the Sloshing Potion, which replaces the Frothing Potion. And uh, this gives you three damage. And if you have two or more cards in the same faction of the same faction in play, you add two more damage. And this is the recent like balance change with these cards and everything to give the potions just more damage. Uh, and then the other option is fool's gold. It gives you one gold and you may have your opponent acquire this, which basically you play it and then it goes into <laughs> your opponent's discard. Then they can play it. And it goes to your discard when they do that. And it kind of goes back and forth. Um, Before when the sloshing potion or yeah, when that just drew like that was a million times better than fool's gold, in my opinion. Yeah. As it is now, I still think I'm going to take sloshing potion. Um, But I can see fool's gold being more of an option now 
with the potion changes. Right. Yeah, because like you're playing into that alchemist strategy of like kind of optimizing the deck. way. Yeah, you're thinning out your deck, even if it's just it's yeah. hard to observe how impactful that is. But you are making a, a modest thinning of your deck and a modest amount of thickening your opponent's deck. And while that does go back and forth a couple times through the course of a game, that is going to have an impact. So I think it it can be similar to with a cleric, how you want to go with the skill upgrade instead of the hit points upgrade. So you can pull the champions out of your second deck and get right. more econ. I think it can be similar yeah. to that, where you, if you want to go, if you can get some econ cards in deck one, so that way your second shuffle doesn't have the fool's gold, but it's replaced by, let's say so, the bribe profit or, or taxation profit or, or whatever, whatever you, bought whatever you cool. want, then yeah, I think that could be really nice. So, so really, as it is now, the frothing potion would give you one damage, and then you'd get that same plus two bonus. So you're adding two more damage to your deck with the sloshing potion. Whereas with the fool's gold, you're you're adding that at least a couple times in the game. You're going to give it to your opponent, which will thin your deck out for a shuffle and make theirs thicker for a shuffle. Now, the way the shuffles line up and all of this. It right. may it could happen five or six times in a game that it goes back and <laughs> forth, but most games it's just going back and forth about twice, yeah, maybe three yeah. times. And so, is I don't know i I want to try. I'm going to try fool's gold. I'm going to try fool's gold on my next build when I, I want my elk here. I did it. I did fool's gold, but I haven't played more than one or two games level at level five. So I, don't know. I tried them both out before the changes and I like the slashing potion better, but I'm going to try it out again and see if I like fool's gold a little more now that the potions aren't drawing anything. And, so, and I might change my mind on that one, but I still think consistently doing the stuff and whatever, I think the slashing potion might just, be able, it's adding two more damage, damage. to your deck and it's damage not hurting damage. anything yeah so like yep. and and once later later game you're going to draw one right because you're going to get you're going to get the factions later in the game yeah all right i got a quick questions on fool's gold is it super awesome to play it shoot it over and then as soon as it shoot like shot back to you to try to scrap it is that like the optimal play if you can pick up a scrap to try to get rid of it after that point. I'm gonna I'm gonna scrap gold before I scrap fool's gold. Because yeah, once I play the fool's gold, I'm sending it to my opponent. Right. You know? So if I have the only time I would be scrapping the fool's gold is if I don't have like a normal gold in my discard. Right. Because think about it, if you scrap the fool's gold and leave the gold, that means that you have to draw the gold later. Yeah. Uh uh. But instead, wouldn't you rather draw the fool's gold later and send that? Because then you can send it to I your guess. opponent. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, my point is like, if you played the fool's gold once, sent it over to them, they sent it back to you, but you scrapped it before. Then you've only slowed their deck down one time and not ever really hurt. Here's yourself. the thing: if you ever have a gold in your discard, it's going to be better to scrap that than the fool's gold. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a goal Always. that you could push over to their hand yeah. and not yep. have for a turn. Right. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. At level seven, there is the Crucible, and these both add to your deck. So the Crucible, 
Uh, reveal the top card of your deck. Sacrifice it or draw it. And then there's Bottled Tempest. One damage and draw one. And then you can sacrifice this to deal one damage to each opposing champion. Um, to me, I'm always going Crucible here. Same. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's <laughs> yeah, not a choice. <laughs> you can sacrifice. Yeah. Deck one, sacrifice. Yes, please. Yeah. You, you, get, you, you double up on your abilities that let you sacrifice cards, even if you don't upgrade the second one again. But you can sacrifice two starters, and that's, this just keeps sacrificing stuff. Or drawing the card if it's good. So, whereas the other one's always drawing a card, but it if I've drawn a gold and I don't need it, I can I would sacrifice it with the crucible and speed my deck up. Whereas the bottled tempest, I'm just it's just replacing itself and giving me a damage. So yeah, I like the doing crucible better. Doing one to every champion, it can add up if they have a huge dude wall, but it really takes a lot to make that. Yeah, very the. Impactful. The, the sacrifice for it really doesn't... I don't know when I'm going to want to do that. Right. And if you look at it this way, you're going to get rid of that one card that would thin your deck, but the Crucible could potentially thin two or three cards out of your deck in a game, right? Yeah, it's so, not more. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's probably a better... You have no way to line up your top deck, but yeah, it can definitely work out that way. Yep. One thing that I'll throw in really quick with the Barbarian that we talked about, how lining up your ability, taking ability again at 14, and then your headbutt to get someone to discard three. Well, Alchemist can take ability to sacrifice, take ability again to get another sacrifice. And then now if you have Crucible, you can actually get three sacrifices in deck one. And yes. your deck two can be absolutely insane. But, so that's another reason what? to take Crucible. But but the yeah. thing the thing that's with the insane. Crucible, if you it. if it, if you draw like your Philosopher's Stones or cards that you want, you're not going to sacrifice it. So and yeah. it does happen. You do yeah. flip those, you know, quite yeah. often. But yep. But then you're mm -hmm. also drawing that card because you're either sacrificing it or drawing it. Yeah. So. It's a great constellation. Win-win. <laughs> At level nine, the armors. And uh, these are both uh, 30 for the health that you have to meet for it. There's the Spectrum Spectacles, which have double faction abilities. So you have to play two cards of a faction to get this bonus. Um, the Imperial bonus for getting two Imperial cards is three health. The Necros is two damage. The Wild is draw one. Oh. And the Guild <laughs> is one gold. And oh. you can trigger all four of these. Okay. And get them. <laughs> and then the other option, the Auric Gloves, uh, reveal the top card of your deck if it costs one gold or more, draw it. Um, this is completely obviously go spectrum spectacles <laughs> yeah there's no no reason i would want to be going auric gloves here like i don't see any any world in which that's better no nah, it's tough you you really need a line added to the end of the gloves that says Otherwise, you may discard that card, right? Because then you're like right. filtering through past your starters. And, but as it's written, and the, Spectrum and Spectacles all the way. Here's the thing. You can always, 
have the spectrum spectacles and just get the wild faction to draw a card. And then it's if you upgrade your skill in the correct manner or in a or, or you get manner. two philosopher's stones and you make them wild. Right. Right. Yep. So or you get yep. two wild cards that you bought, whatever. Like you can trigger that draw from the wild pretty much every time you want to. Yeah. And and so in which case it's almost always just that part of it is almost always better than the gloves. And yet you have so much more upside on top of yeah, that. Yeah, and, well. and you can heal, yeah. and you can do damage, and you can increase your economy. Yeah, you could potentially do... And you do, can do all four. Yeah, you could potentially do multiples, which is yes. crazy. That's That that really puts it over the edge. Yeah. So then at level 11, uh, these both add to your deck. There's alchemy powders that give you one gold... And then you can sacrifice it to give a factionalist card. You have all factions until the end of the turn. Yeah, that plus spectrum is insane. <laughs> um, now right, you have ahead. to have two cards of those factions to trigger uh, the. So you're like halfway there on yeah. triggering everything. Yeah, but right. it, all you have to do is then get one more of each of the factions and get all of them. Anyway. Yep. The other one is the brittle gas, which draws one. And then you can sacrifice it. Each opposing champion's defense becomes one this turn. And we're adding all these cards to our deck too. So yes. that's something. So the I alchemy powders add some economy to your starting deck. And then you can sacrifice it to give all factions to a card. Whereas the brittle gas, it just is a cantrip that draws. But then you can sacrifice it to make all your opponent's champions one defense. I think so, I'm going gas. I, that's my first instinct is gas. With Spectrum, maybe the Alchemy Powders is better for like a, a good gut punch. But what do you guys think? So I like I the Alchemy Powders. powders. <laughs> Le, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Basically, and yeah, go ahead. The next upgrade is one of the reasons why. Okay, there you go. So, so I'll point that out when we talk about that one. But oh yeah, brittle gas is okay, and it can be a, a good closer for you for sure. That never thickens up your deck because it draws. So I don't think brittle gas is bad. I just think alchemy powders. It gives me an economy boost early to get some cards, and then I'm pretty much using that either the first or second time I play it. I'm sacrificing it to get those faction bonuses mm -hmm. is how I'm playing that one. Whereas the brittle gas, it's just drawing cards, but with the, with the alchemist, there's a number of guild cards that let you top deck, that sort of stuff that you can trigger that faction and then draw it that same turn with brittle gas. So it does, it can help you with some of the combos. Yeah. And I'll then to finish off a game. Alchemy powders is never it's never really been insane or amazing for me yeah. because you just always usually use it pretty early to kind of get it yeah. thinned out of your deck with all that other sacrifice that I was already talking about. But usually you get like a small buff out of it and then it's out of your deck and you just kind of move on is how it's worked for me. Um, like like Tim said, though, I would try the brittle gas and I don't think it's like a degree worse enough that I think it's a bad decision. No. But in my previous alchemist build, I went alchemy powders and I'll probably go powders again on my next build. I I've tried both. Mm -hmm. I like both. I think they're both good. Um, I do like that the alchemy powders can interact with, uh, 
the one the spectrum spectacles to the next uh level 13 upgrade the fireworks it can interact with that amazingly yeah. well and well, just then, giving things factions is what and, you want to be and, doing as alchemist yeah and with your skill if you have it's adding at least one more of that faction then you use your skill to get whichever way you've upgraded that so you're healing or doing damage and it's adding one more of those so like yeah i hadn't and, seen fireworks yet use early like, yep seeing fireworks like i'm definitely taking powders and holding them until i get them with yeah. fireworks using that and Ooh, hoping not I can always. then use the spectacle <laughs> the, the spectacles nice so so at level 13 uh these both add to your deck there's the fireworks which draw one and then they have a faction ability so each time you or once for each of the four factions you will get one combat and one healing uh, for that's for all four. So when you trigger each of the factions, you get that bonus to it. So like you play the alchemy powders and you get four damage and four healing. If you sacrifice the alchemy powders and those were the only two cards you played or whatever. Yeah. That's how it would work. Or if you played one of each faction or you had your philosopher's stones and stuff and you got all the, you're continually doing that, but, but it's only once per faction. And this does not count as the faction for other cards or whatever. So the recalibration crystal draws one and then you can sacrifice it to draw two cards, then discard a card. And this was a Mm -hmm. recent change. It used to uh, say, if this is the only card you've played this turn, discard your hand and draw that many. Now it just basically lets you draw two and then discard a card. Wow. And it doesn't have to be one of the two cards you just drew. Yes. Unlike yeah. trick dice. <laughs> right. And so oh, I think recalibration crystal just got a lot better and actually makes this an interesting choice. Yep. Yeah. I still so, think the consistent like one, two, three healing that you're getting out of the fireworks and the one, yeah. two, three damage you're getting may be better. But the crystal is definitely a viable option now, I think. Whereas before, I don't think it was yeah. very good. It becomes a good Hadouken, for sure. It's like, <laughs> oh, I better do something in this game to win. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the with the fireworks, an interesting thing with that and the alchemy powders is that you could, if you were in a matchup where you knew they are trying to aggro you down, you could make it a point to hold on to your powders until you line it up with your fireworks to guarantee the four damage. And most importantly in that scenario, the four health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really cool. And a reason to take the fireworks and just in general, I would still probably lean that way because fireworks is going to help shore up your bad matchups more so than recalibration crystal, which I think is going to help improve matchups that are already good for you. That's one true. Th- the other thing too, though, is like, don't you think recalibration crystal could be one of those cards that'll give you the early jump? Because if you use it right away, like you're going to draw two and maybe get some get really a good, good burst to if, snowball yeah. if, if that you, early. If game. you use yeah. it like in your first deck, it's only going to let you draw two of your starters and then discard a card. True, but then maybe so, you're getting two eh. extra gold and you're pulling that command true. or you're pulling that card. But then you're discarding a card too. So like maybe. Maybe yeah. I could see but, drawing into economy and then discarding potions or dagger. Like I get what, what Sam's saying. Yeah. yeah. I, sure. I see what you're saying. Here's the other thing. The fireworks uh. are, are healing 
that can help you get back above your armor threshold. Right. A built-in way to get above yes. threshold. And That's so, important. so if your opponent gets you down to 28 health or whatever, I've then drawn the fireworks and I trigger two different factions and I'm back to be able to use my armor again. And yeah, that's and that's one big thing I've used the fireworks for a number of yeah. times. And 30 isn't a huge threshold. Like that's always the play. We should actually probably in- include that for playing against against a alchemist is try to get them below 30 cuz I mean you're always wanting to shut off your opponent's armor. Yeah, 100% in every matchup. Yeah, worth calling out that they have a relatively high threshold compared to their max hit yes. points though. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yep. So that will cover the card talk for t- this episode. Yes. Wow. All right. Welcome to the community roundup. Uh, today, I'm going to start us off with Highlander, and basically with that one, I'm just going to say the event one, the Thandar level seven event, is in progress and started and going. It's getting close, but we haven't gotten to a finals or any of that stuff yet. Well, we Um, have Decat in the finals, Horgle in the semis. Right, but it hasn't been decided who else has made it there, so I wasn't going to go into anything. (laughs) Fair enough. Um. Next up is the Sparks and Rec Digital Open. Uh, we've made the cut to the top 16. Uh, and we d- and I did a top 16 this time rather than a top 8. Just because last time there were a lot of like 4 and 2s that didn't move on and lost out on tiebreakers. Now everybody that was 4 and 2 made it in. And there Ta-da. were a couple 3 and 3s that made it in. And that was decided by tiebreakers. And I hate that still, but at least all the 4 2s made it in. So I, I like the top 16 cut. Um, that's in progress and uh, we'll be going on and I, we'll fill in, you know, who who's in the finals and all of that stuff when it gets to that. And then the last event I want to cover is the Maximum Overdrive. This is a new tournament uh, being headed up by Meowgin. Meow! Uh, with some help <laughs> from me and Dubs that is starting up on March 20th. So basically, I think that's when this episode's going to drop. So uh, nice. that's when that tournament's going to start. And that is a tournament that is using the double health scenario. It's using... Um, beta if you have it it's not required so but if you have it you're using bcd format for the cards if for some reason two people don't have the beta it would just be the base set uh and you can't use like the uh uh barbarian or alchemist so it's just using the new cards and so that will be fun to see how that one works out i'm really looking forward to it uh, Sam, why don't you tell us about uh, the king and queen of the castle? Boy, would I love to. All right. So right now we've got the very first queen of the castle, the awesome and amazing Luna Pig. Luna Pig! <laughs> <laughs> and she currently is heading, uh, heading off against Game Freak. Uh, she has four wins, uh, quite a good body count going on. 
On the other side of the castle, in Castle B, is Omsk, where he's currently battling Horgle. I do got to give shouts to Jig. I really like the new uh, king and or queen's gambit, the monarch's gambit, if you will. Uh, It's a really fun little sprinkle of flavor that goes into this. Now, the other one that I'm going to go into is the Tavern Brawl. So we're in the last week of the Tavern Brawl right now. By the time this episode is released, we'll probably be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We have a bit of a nail biter going on. We're at uh, one and one in the last game between the Elven Gifts and the Hero Heathens and Hoes. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and who wins this matchup is going to decide <clears throat> stuff for the top four, really. Yeah, it's it's up to that. Now, I actually am not sure if we win, if we'll still be like if we'll still be in the if we'll be in the playoffs or not. But I know if if the gifts win, they go into third place because they haven't had a buy yet. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out, because there's like a crazy tie for fourth place that's happening right now. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's really awesome. And I really love it. So we'll see. It's it, it aligns nicely with March Madness because it's kind of like a March Madness yeah. situation that we're happening right now. But things like um, the, the top four teams will go through a playoffs where uh, one will play four and two will play three, I think. And then the finals will happen the week after that. Yeah. And big shout out to the Wild Bunch who went undefeated. Eight wins and zero match losses. Man. That's insane. And then yeah, also Dubs, props to you, dude. Your team, the Decepticons, is six and two, which is very yeah. good. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Things One are thing I'll give crazy. a quick shout out on Tavern Brawl is that the lore is back and fired up. It kind of had a bit of a break there, but they've been dropping that weekly. So pay attention to the website if you want to read the latest uh, lore articles that yeah. are being published. Check the lore and shout out to, I believe it's Daily and then also some nice uh, guest appearances from Birdlaw, right? Yep. He the bomb. We love you, Birdlaw. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about some events? Thandar Combat League. Two more weeks in the current season, and then we'll see some shifting of uh, promotions and relegations as folks shift throughout the divisions. So that is the latest and greatest there. And then we have finally arrived at the finals of Survivor, which has turned out to be its own wild and wacky format of like, you have to buy a fire jab, and if you overkill, other things happen. Check it out in the Discord if you're curious about the finals. It is Omsk versus User Cafe, and I think they're one win apiece so far, so that Mm -hmm. one's pretty close, and we'll be announcing a winner there when the time comes. All right, everybody out there in Thandar land, uh, thanks for listening to us uh, talk about the Barbarian and Alchemist quite a bit today and uh, (laughs) all of that stuff. Um, But I want to thank every single one of our listeners. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast and uh, we really enjoyed doing it. I'm just really glad that there's people that find it you know interesting to listen to so uh uh thank you all uh how about you sam yeah thanks a lot everyone we really appreciate all your support all your comments all your feedback uh please let us know what you think about the podcast about hero helper about anything at all and um 
you know, go to HeroHelper.com and register. Well, Hero-Helper.com. Hero-Helper.com. <laughs> register, whatever, but, you know, sign up with your IGN and track your scores if you want to. It's a good community-run project. It'll help us all kind of get insights into what's working, what's not working. So be a part of it if you want to. We're always happy about it. Um, and yeah, thanks, everyone. And thank you both. I always love podcasting with you guys. It's been a pleasure. Chris, take us out, baby. That's right. Double Dubs signing off for the evening. Want to give my stream a shout out. Twitch.tv slash Double Dubs. We are streaming Hero Realms on uh, Wednesdays, 830 Central. Come check it out. We have all sorts of uh, fun that we get into. And we even play some Hero Realms. So it's a good time. Also wanted to give a quick shout out to just everyone who participates in the Discord. Discord. <laughs> everyone who participates in the Discord uh, with comments, contributions. Of course, the Patreon supporters. You can find our page if you check out the show notes. The Realms Rising website, realmsrising.com. Check that out. Um, we're always looking for people who are willing to write articles and submit what would you do, all those kinds of scenarios. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate any sort of engagement that you're able to give the podcast. And as the other guys said, we really appreciate you guys listening. So without further ado, we are signing off for the evening. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> Made it to the end of the show. Congratulations, you're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Hero Realms.